0: It comes as no shock, I'm sure, to those of you who are driving age, for me to say that our roads are filled with distracted drivers. And I believe that that number of distracted drivers is growing and growing and growing. We are bombarded with so much information, and sometimes we're getting that information as we're we're driving on our highways. Several years ago, I think it was the first or second month, I was with you here at Wesley Memorial Church that I, I shared with you one of my pet peeves. And it's amazing what people remember from sermons. It's been repeated back to me so many times. But one of my pet peeves are those people in the world who, who are exceptionally challenged when it comes to using their turn signal in their automobile. I'm really fond of those turn signals. I'm fond of you using those turn signals. When I'm on the road with you, I'm not sure why so many people fail to use those turn signals. You know, maybe, maybe they don't care that I'm on the road with them and I need to know some of what they know. Maybe they, don't, maybe they don't know where they are going as they're driving on the road. That concerns me. And by the way, it does not count if you hit the turn signal as you're making the turn with your steering wheel. There are a lot of distracted drivers on the road and, and it really is an important issue. I read recently in a survey that in 2019, the last year that we have good numbers for this, 3,142 people were killed on our highways because of distracted drivers. We live in a world which it is so easy to become distracted. And sometimes we need to be very, very careful because sometimes distracted people in a distracted world can create a distracted church, a distracted community of Christ followers. We need to make sure that we know how to keep focus. We need to make sure that we remember how to focus on the things to which we've been called by Christ. It's so easy to get involved in all the weeds in our life. And I'm grateful for those people who can do uh, the work with all the details in our life, the minutia of our life. Those things are important, but we need to never miss out on the big picture because we're busy looking at the weeds in our life. We need to be very focused. We need to be very focused upon the task. The task that God, through Christ, has given each one of us. You know, I wonder what it is that got each one of us out of bed this morning. I hope that whatever it was that got us out of bed this morning, it has a great deal to do with the task that Jesus has given us As his followers. I'm sure you remember that Jesus spent 40 days with his followers right after the resurrection. Between the resurrection and his ascension back to the Father, Jesus spent 40 days and we know that he did a lot of important teaching during those 40 days that he spent with his earliest disciples before his ascension in that period post Easter. And the text before us this morning is something he said to them and something he says to us that he delivered first during that 40-day period before he ascended back to be with the Father. After his resurrection, Jesus told his disciples to go to the region of the Sea of Galilee and that he would meet them there. And they did that, they went to the Sea of Galilee, there are 11 of them left at this point because Judas is no longer among them, and they go to the mountain that Jesus sent them to, and for those of you that have ever been to the Holy Land or are looking forward to going to the Holy Land, I believe the mountain there in the Sea of Galilee is Mount Arbel. Mount Arbel is this mountain there in the Galilean region, and when you're up on top of Mount Arbel, it feels like you're looking at the whole world before you laid out. You're really just looking at the region around the Sea of Galilee, but you feel like you're seeing all of God's creation there. I believe it was on that mountain that Jesus directed his disciples to find so that he could share some really important words with them. And you noticed in the text that before he shared those words, they worshipped him. Now, these earliest disciples were good Jews, and they don't offer worship to anyone except God. And there they were. there on top of that mountain in the Sea of Galilee region, and it says in the text, you heard it, says in the text they worshiped Him. Some still had lingering doubts, but they worshiped Him. And after they worshiped Him, Jesus gave them their commission. It's the same thing we saw last week when we looked at the commissioning of the prophet Isaiah. It was out of an experience of worship that they went forth into the world to do what Jesus Christ, God, called them to do in this world. Same trajectory here, worship first, worship as primary, worship here centered on the living Christ, And then out of that experience of worship comes the task. Comes the task that makes life worth living. Comes the task that makes life a great adventure of faith. After they worshipped Him, Jesus spoke to them, and He said some of the most important words that He spoke in the Gospels. In my Bible, they're red letter. They're words of Jesus. There are words to which we ought to pay great attention, and he said, All authority in the universe has been given to me. Just let that sink in for a moment. Some people totally ignore Jesus. Some people have rather bizarre ideas about Jesus. But I hope that everyone understands that this Jesus is the one to whom all authority in heaven and earth, all authority in the universe has been given. And when Jesus says all authority in the universe has been given to him, he then proceeds to give them their task. And I believe the implication is that out of his authority, through his authority, these 11 disciples and you and I will be able to do what Jesus is calling us to do in the power of of that authority. He gives them the task in verse 19. He says, go, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. I've been doing this church stuff for about 40 years now and one of the things I've noticed in church life is a lot of Christians are a little confused about what Jesus is saying here. You would think that Jesus says here, go, go go to church that's not what he says he says go 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 therefore and make disciples of all the nations go there go to the world and make disciples of all nations I'm a big fan of people going to church the church is the body of Christ is Jesus' idea he formed us but we need to understand church He tells us that we need to go from our moments of being gathered into the world so that we can go into the world and do something very specific. We're to go into the world and make disciples of all the nations. This is our marching orders. In the history of the church, this is called the Great Commission. I prefer to call it the Greatest Commission. This is the task that God has given us in Jesus Christ. He says, with all of His authority, He sends us into the world, to all the groups of people, to all people groups, to make disciples of them. Not just make believers. It's good to believe. I hope that you believe in Jesus Christ this morning. But we're to be more than just believers. We're to be disciples. So we need to make sure we know what a disciple is. Several years ago I was with a group of Methodist leaders in this part of uh, the state and we were talking about the mission of our churches and of course we know what the mission of any Methodist church is. The mission of any Methodist church we declared time and again is to make disciples of all the world for the transformation of the world. And it's by making those disciples that they go out and live amidst, amidst the world and the world has changed. But our marching orders is that we should make disciples. And there in that group of Methodist leaders I still can hear that voice of that one particular person who spoke up in the midst of all of our conversation about our mission and she asked us, do we know what a disciple is? Would we know one if we saw one? And I know you may find this hard to believe but that simple question almost brought revival us group of Methodist leaders when we were asked that question. What is a disciple? Do we know what one is? Would we recognize one if we saw one? We need to be very very clear that we're called as the church to make disciples. The Holy Spirit makes Christians. The Holy Spirit brings people to Christ. That's the task of the Holy Spirit. It's our task, friends, to take those people and make disciples of those people. So we need to know, we need to understand, what is a disciple? A book that had a powerful influence on me several years back was a book written by Dallas Willard, who's a great author about the Christian spiritual life. And the book was entitled, is entitled, The Great, the great Omission. And as soon as you see this title, The Great Omission, your mind is meant to go back to the great commission that Jesus gave us as the church. And in that book, The Great Omission, Dallas Willard says this, Who among Christians today is a disciple of Jesus? In any substantive sense of the word disciple, disciple. And then he goes to explain what a disciple is. He goes to define what the word actually means. A disciple, Dallas Willard says, is a learner, a student, an apprentice, a practitioner, even if only a beginner. And then... He continues and sums up by saying this, most problems in contemporary churches can be explained by the fact that members have never decided to follow Jesus. There in that group of Methodist leaders we came to the understanding that our churches we, we and our churches we're better, we don't do this well, but we're better at making church members than we are at making disciples There's someone someone just this week emailed me and said what is the difference between an apostle and a disciple Well the word apostle literally comes from the Greek for one who is sent sent by Jesus one who is sent that's an apostle a disciple is as Dallas Willard says a learner a student or I'm particularly fond of an apprentice A disciple is someone who has apprenticed themselves to Jesus. And that's obvious to the people around them when they have apprenticed themselves to Jesus. You know, so many church members are just consumers of a spiritual product. And they never make the move to becoming a disciple that changes the world. Our task, the task, the greatest commission that Jesus gave us is to make disciples of all people. Notice Jesus continues and he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This journey of discipleship begins in baptism, baptism into the name of, the Spirit of, the power of, our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then notice what he says, and teaching them to obey. We don't like that word in our culture, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you." I love that passage of Scripture because it reminds me that we as the church are not to go forth into the world as a conquering army. We're to go forth into the world as teachers. Making disciples for Christ, teaching them to obey everything that Christ taught. As Christ followers, we want to hear what Christ taught us We want to do what Christ taught us. And we could not not live into this Great Commission, friends, if it wasn't for what Jesus says next. He begins this Great Commission, Greatest Commission, by telling us He has all authority in the universe. And then I believe He says, in the power of that authority, we can go forth to make disciples. And He says, I believe, that we can be... Effective in doing this because of what he says at the end of this passage. I hope that you were grabbed by this promise. He ends by saying, and remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. These Jews, who were the earliest disciples of Jesus, who worshipped no one but God, worshipped Jesus. They understood what they were doing. And here Jesus declares that he, he is going to be omnipresent. Only God is omnipresent. Only God can be everywhere at all times. And here Jesus says, remember, I'm going to be with you always at all times. Even till this age ends and we go into the next age. Again, these earliest followers of Jesus understood who Jesus was. This Jesus in his resurrection glory could be omnipresent. He will be with us at all times, in all places. So, church, Christ follower, how are you, how are we doing with our task, the task, the greatest commission? This is the task of the church, but we need to remember the church is not an institution. The church is you, the church is me, the church is we, the church is the people. How are we doing with this task? When we become a believer in Jesus Christ, we begin that journey, becoming more and more and more of a disciple of Jesus Christ. And core to being a disciple of Jesus Christ is that we multiply disciples in the world. So how are we doing? I want to offer you some bad news to begin with read a survey recently, and this survey said that most non-Christians have no interest in going to church. As a matter of fact, the survey said that 66% of the non-Christians in our culture have no plans to attend church anytime soon. Well, that's disheartening for me. I love the church. I've given my life to the church. It's disheartening for us. But now let me tell you the good news. Here's the good news, that same survey said that 79%, 79%, that's a big percentage, almost 80%, 79% non-Christians say, those same who will not go to church, 79% say they will talk about the Christian faith with a friend. God has peppered people throughout your life. God has peppered people throughout my life that want to hear about Jesus. They'll never come to church, but they want to hear about Jesus. And 79% of them say they, are, they would welcome a conversation with a friend. So again, how, how are you doing disciple in making other disciples? That same survey also said that of the non-Christians surveyed, one in four said they would attend a small group. They would attend a small group of Christians to which they've been invited. We believe in evangelism here at Wesley Memorial Church. We're a Christ-centered congregation. We exist to offer Christ to the world. We believe in small groups here at Wesleyan Memorial Church because it's especially in those small groups those groups for gracious accountability, those groups where we can share life, those groups where we can help each other on the journey and grow in the faith. Non-Christians, one in four, would consider attending one of our small groups, one of your small groups. I think that's great news. That, that bears great weight on our ability to offer Jesus to the world to fulfill the commission of going into all the world. That means going to your next door neighbor. That means going into your workplace. That means going into all of High Point and the surrounding region to the world to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And the one who is Emmanuel, God with us, will be with us in this task. It's always, it's always brought me some sadness that the studies show us that most Christians, most Christians in our culture have never had the joy of leading someone else to find the new life that's offered to us in Jesus Christ. Most Christians in our culture have never had that wonderful experience of being the, the, the vehicle that God uses to introduce God's son to other people. That's sad to me. It's one of the greatest joys in life, helping other people find new life in Jesus Christ. I hope that there are people in this community that are enjoying this new life, that know Jesus Christ, not just know about Jesus Christ, but they know Jesus Christ. They've entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ through the power of the Spirit because of you, because of me. I hope that there are many people around us who are experiencing that rich, abundant life that we can find in this world in Jesus Christ. And when we get to the other side one day, I hope that we'll find those people, I think we will find those people who will come to us and say, thank you for sharing Jesus with me in the way you shared Jesus with me because I found new life in that world and I'm here in this world partly because of you. My friends, I hope that you know Him well. You've invited Him to rule and reign in your life, and then you are quick to share the joy, the good news, the great news, with all the people that God sends your way. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for the gift of this day. I pray, God, that if there's anyone in this place this morning that does not have a vibrant, vital relationship with you, that your Holy Spirit will continue his work of an evangelist and help that person come to faith in Jesus. I pray, God, that if there's anyone in this place today that has a relationship with the church, but they don't have a living, vibrant relationship with you, that this will be their day when they invite you into their lives to come and to rule and reign and do remarkable things. God, we we want to follow you through Jesus Christ. We want to be Christ followers. We want to be disciples. We want to live as apprentices of Jesus Christ in such a way that the people in our lives, our family, our friends will know that we have apprenticed ourselves to Jesus Christ. Thank you for the gift of living this adventurous life of faith. Thank you for calling us to yourself. Give us the courage and the grace to answer your call. Amen.